bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hey everyone, what is up? It's me, Ewan, and welcome to a new episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. We're doing a little treat for one of our one our long-time running guests today. I can't talk. I'm like less than two beers in, and I'm already... I can't talk. But, continuing with this introduction, Dan Greamer is here today, and he was here with me last week as well. And I don't refer to the podcast when I say that. I mean, he was literally here in person in Newcastle, because there was a, a film that he holds near and dear to his heart that was showing at the Tyneside Cinema. And that film is Air Force One. So, Dan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk Air Force One. That was a, we, had a, we had a good weekend last weekend. Did. Came up. I got to show you the sights of Newcastle. Took you around Oosburn. Uh, had some Oosburn. nice rub. We, uh, the great donut. The gra- yeah, the, the Proven Goods Donut Company. Shout out to them. Shout Give out to their whipped thing, cream donut. It's, uh, which one did you, was it the ice cream donut you had? I got the, the 99 whipped cream, which like sounds like too much because it's like a flake and raspberry sauce and whipped cream and a donut. But, <laughs> man, it was good. Those donuts are great, man. They're uh, like, whenever I have a donut, I usually feel pretty like, oh, I just had a donut. Like, I like it, but I'm like, oh. With the with Proven Goods, it's like, oh, I just had a donut and somehow I don't feel heavy. Yeah. I don't feel I mean- like I've loaded myself. <laughs> We had a donut, then got a burger, then immediately got ice cream. <laughs> so that I guess was that proves that they weren't too heavy. Of food. The weather was glorious, though. You got to enjoy the best summer vibes that Newcastle has to offer. Yeah, apart it was a hell a of a slightly, weekend. Apart from a slightly manic screening of Across the Spider-Verse on the Friday. Um, and, a, and a guy getting tackled by two security guards <laughs> on the way back from our Air Force One showing. That, you know, that was... That was, <laughs> he, that was, was he was drunk. You know, you just got to see all the different sights in Newcastle. You got to see... Yeah. You got to see everything. The um, goods and the bads. Yeah, but it was nice taking you to the Tyneside Cinema, because that is, like, my favourite place in the whole world. Um, and, yeah, what what were your thoughts on going... Because I don't know if you've ever been to it. I'm sure you... Have you ever been to an independent cinema before? Or um... No? Once I think, uh, in in Liverpool, but usually because where I live in in Warrington, for until about three years ago, we had one cinema, and it was it was a Odeon good cinema. cinema, good cinema, yeah, for, it's an for, Odeon cinema, the USI, the UCI, UCI. So it was UCI, then it changed to Odeon, which Odeon I believe is owned by, for any Americans listening, AMC, because we got the same Nicole Kidman advert for a long time that they got, which is which is gone now, and they still get. Oh, I didn't realise, because we don't, we don't have an Odeon in our neck of the woods. It's yeah, all, yeah. Um, we were getting the hell out of that, Nicole It's all Cineworld and uh, View up here. We used to have an Empire. We yeah. just we just had that, and then we got, uh, just before lockdown, we got a Cineworld. But that's I never go to that one, so I've always just been, you know, fighting for the corporate cinemas my entire <laughs> life. In the so we, Yeah, it's not... I kind of don't really live near any independent cinemas, so I've, I've been to one in Liverpool a couple of times, but... Um, Which one's No, that? this was kind of... Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you what it was called, to be honest. It was that long ago. Yeah. Uh, I remember I saw Birdman there, because uh, it was showing nice. Birdman, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed your favourite place in the world, the Tyneside Cinema. It was, it was a... I was, I, I was very much to you expressing my jealousy of not being there at myself, because... 
I mean, this is like sort of an advertisement for them to anyone who goes there or wants to, but they they had some like cracking stuff coming up as well. Like they had a whole Bruce Lee season, which I would they've be there got, for like every they've movie. They've got a Bruce Lee season. They've, they've been doing some David Lynch stuff recently. So I watched uh, Mulholland Drive the first time on the big screen uh, this week. And they've just announced their new team choice season. So every year they basically ask some members of the team to uh, what movies they would like to show if they could. So we've got a truly eclectic mix of things going oh, to be announced today. We've got, uh, I think they're, they're showing both. They're showing they've got a double bill of Shrek One and Shrek Two coming up. Yes, they've got um, Dead Poet Society and the Raid double bill as well. Oh, that's, um, but that's great! By far the best double bill that they've announced is uh, Scooby Doo and Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed in oh. thirty-five millimeter. Guess I'm coming back to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby, Dooby, Doo. When I was a kid, I used to love that Scooby Doo movie so much. Mate. I haven't watched it since I was like thirteen, and I'm like, does it? Does it hold up? Yes, it's written by yes, James does. Gunn, who I am a no, fan of. No, it does. It does hold up. Honestly, it was really, like obviously a lot of stuff from the early two thousands has been reclaimed, right? Those Scooby Doo movies. I saw some pushback against it the other year. People being like, "Oh, not people seriously trying to reclaim the Scooby Doo movies." <laughs> I I really like those movies. I'd I hate still do it. Yeah, I mean, I think but they're I, I, cast. It's been so long. Oh, for sure. The 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 I'd love the um, video that it always goes. Like people always post on Twitter of the the cast getting interviewed. Have you seen that? Oh, one? it's with Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, and she's like I guess that wasn't a boys' cartoon or a girls' cartoon. It's like really Freddie Prince Jr. It. Like, it was about a dog talking dog <laughs> man. <laughs> talking dog man. <laughs> I love that oh. video. Brilliant. Five minutes into this podcast, and then people are like, "Man, we can't wait to hear them talk more Harrison Ford and like Air Force One and that." And we're just talking about Scooby Doo and Donuts. Yeah, this is this is what they they all come for. But yeah, we went to see Air yeah. Force One because Dan, this is one of your. I remember when I first invited you onto the podcast. Um, was in the line of fire was the second episode you did, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So we did, and that Predator was after first and F- yeah. in the line of fire, and that was after Wolfgang Peterson passed away and i remember talking to you about yeah the movie to cover and you were like oh air force whatever as well i was like oh have you seen in the line of fire though and you're like oh i haven't <laughs> so uh, so i want to show you in the line of fire but always with the provisio that with well, a slight joke was that i would never show air force one and then i would tease air force one each time and then you'd be like oh we're watching air force one this week and i'm like nah um but then the town side went ahead and, and was like we've got a harrison ford season coming up we're showing up a bunch of great stuff. Um, and one of the things that they're including is Air Force One. So it was a great excuse to get you up here. We made a joke because we, we were saying about how we covered... Um, we did it in Line of Fire and then the first... It's just a, I think this is the third Harrison Ford movie we did because we did Witness because you are a yeah. huge fan of Witness, obviously. Big Witness it's a, guy. It's a great movie. Big John um, Buckhead. And we made a joke very much about how we were going to just you were gonna just make me do so many harrison ford movies before air force one so i was like well this is partly a joke and partly i'm genuinely gonna get to a point where i'm doing like a episode on you know seven days seven nights or whatever yeah oh God, i couldn't think of a good one I firewall good ones last firewall time. Fi- that was it firewall <laughs> I, don't, I remember I already used Hollywood Homicide last time. I was like, I can't use Hollywood Homicide again. <laughs> I was a cracking one to go to. Um, and I would have, like, if you'd done that, would have thought it was really funny and just gone along with it. But there was... When you started this podcast and you asked me to first be on it, there was three movies that were, like, my top three movies that I wanted to do. 
this is the second one of those three that we've done. So we did face off because I was championing face off the whole time, as was Zan. And we did. We're now doing Air Force One, where we talk about Scooby Doo the whole time, and then we we have another one that I, I really want to do at some point, mm-hmm. which I will uh, yeah. keep a mystery. Oh, like Scooby Doo, he solves mysteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna pull off a mask off my face and reveal the actor of the movie that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> he's gonna pull the mask off. He's gonna take my face off. <laughs> face off. Yeah, I should have left my face off, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, Air Force One, we watched it last week. Um, Dan, how. Where has the affection for this movie come from? Apart from the obvious stuff, like it's Harrison Ford and he's the president and he puts yeah. his Gary Oldman <laughs> in the face. So it's kind of back to like what I said when I was kind of first on here, where. My big kind of introduction to action movies was when I was a kid and it was like Saturday night and the channel ITV, which was channel three back when we were kids, uh, used to just play like some 90s action movie every Saturday night at 9pm. And I would sit and watch it pretty much whatever it was every week. It was always something like this or Die Hard or The Fugitive or Undersea, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, And I didn't even always get to watch them all because my mum wouldn't always necessarily let me stay up late enough to watch them all. Um, Cruel. So yeah, it was was one of those first ones that i watched was air force one one of those 9 p.m saturday night movies and i think it was like one of the first ones that my parents just sit and watch until the very end as well and i just loved it i was a big fan of die hard already and it very much kind of followed that that die hard formula uh, in a way and i think the thing that stuck me with me was the premise because as a kid the premise of what if the president also had to be an action hero? <laughs> Just blew my tiny what little if, mind. What if the president was cool? Yeah. What, what if the president was the bestest guy in the world and also a fucking badass? And as a kid, I was like, he's he's the president. He shouldn't be fighting bad guys. What is this? This is amazing. And you hadn't. And you tell me you don't like Independence Day. I don't love Independence Day. To be fair. It's but fine. It also has a cool ass kicking president. Oh, the president's great. Bill Pullman's great in Independence Day. I, I'm very much in the camp of thinking Independence Day is an okay movie. Are you Yoon's shaking his head? This happens between one of us sometimes. It's fine. It's no Air Force One. <laughs> great president, though. Oh. But to be fair, I didn't see Independence Day until I was significantly older. I was at least in my late Okay, teens. Independence Day was like... Independence Day was like a childhood rotation for me. Yeah, it, was it like, never was I, for me. I wore out my, I wore out my VHS VHS tapes of uh, Fat and Menace in Independence Day. <laughs> I've seen like, those the two big. Ones I've seen that movie me. maybe twice, and the second time was like six months ago. Um, but mm. Air Force One was always a big one, and, and it was one of the ones I just after sort of seeing it all the way through for the first time. It was one of the ones that I'd always go back to frequently. And as a kid, my mind never stopped being blown by the ass-kicking president side of it. But it just had really fun action and a really great supporting cast that I got to appreciate as I got older. And oh, I just, I don't know. I, I almost can't explain why it hits more than so many similar movies, but there's just so many little moments about it that I absolutely love. Yeah, I mean, getting to watch you watch the movie <laughs> was almost better than watching the movie itself. You're having a great time. I was um, loving it. Yeah, Air Force One for me... Air Force One for me is like, it's always been a movie that I thought was good, but never like massively endeared myself to. Um, However, I do think this movie is objectively fascinating. I spoke to you a little (laughs) bit about it when we came out of the cinema. did. Um, And that is the fact that like this movie could not have been made 
in any other decade other than the the post Francis Fukuyama end of history era where communism had been quote unquote defeated and there were no more challenges anymore and the way forward was American liberal democracy and it's 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 a hilariously like the, the politics of this movie is so funny and I don't mean that in a way that means that it's bad I just think it's such a great example of time and place and how it is hilarious um like the whole thing is like they could never have like harrison ford could not have made this movie in the 80s right because it would have been it would have come across as reaganistic and commie bashing you couldn't have done it in the the 2000s because it would have been george bush and war on terror right the 90s when you've got a vaguely not lame president bill clinton right and there are no "Quote unquote massive geopolitical crises going on." I say that that's a complete lie. There are loads of things <laughs> going on in the nineties, um, but you have that whole like liberal interventionist political consensus, right? Air Force One is the pop cultural reflection of that foreign yeah, policy. Sure. The idea of like America is world police, and that bit at the beginning where Harrison Ford does his big speech where he's like we're just gonna go everywhere and fuck everyone up and if they don't like it well gonna fuck them up some more and in the movie the way that comes across at the time is like we're not gonna stand for any more atrocities whatsoever we're gonna go and intervene and help but the way it reads today is like oh he's just gonna violate international law and go wherever he pleases and it's to me like that again i'm not saying this makes the movie bad at all quite the opposite i think it makes it more uniquely like fun to watch because it is such an artifact of time and place um but it is just like i i love it for that like it is so it is so reflective of the politics and foreign policy of the time um it's and that's incredible it's a fascinating one because i think it's it's an action movie that that kind of you really have to think about suspension of disbelief especially in terms of its it's politics in a way. I mean, it's you. You just have to simply go. Well, yeah. In in it's you're right. It's totally fascinating at the time it's made, but also it's like you kind of just have to go. Well, in this in this world of this film, this is the perfect president. <laughs> oh, I'm not. It's not mutually exclusive though. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um. But it's like it's still it's still emblematic of that context. Yeah, oh, it for um, sure. Which I think is. Yeah, that, yeah. again, it's um. It's just a fascinating piece of cinema because it's so, uh, so quote unquote innocuous, but it's like, it's just, um, yeah, like that kind of like Francis Fuck. I'm using that guy's word. He wrote a book uh, in the early 90s after the fall of, of the USSR called, um, I think it was like The End of History and the Last Man, I think right. it was called. And the whole, the whole, the whole ideological tenet of that book was the idea that like, for the past 100 years, we've been battling between two main ideological standpoints, Western capitalist democracies and communistic kind of, you know, authoritarianism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now the battles have finally come to a close in the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Uh, and now there are not, now the only thing, that now Western liberal democracy has triumphed. And not just any brand, but specifically that kind of like, um, that neoliberal blend. Um and it's fascinating because the whole villain in this movie, Gary Oldman, who is amazing, by the way, uh, he plays a... Uh, he, he goes... He commits so hard to the bit in this. He's great. Uh, He's a good villain. E- always Igor Koshonov. Um, 
who is loyal to basically this this Kazakhstani uh like communist genocidal maniac dude called Radic. Um and his whole thing is that like, oh no, this hasn't ended. This will never end. So it's kind of like it's got that little bit to it as well. I'm not articulating this well enough because I'm as I said I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm like just <laughs> under two beers in. When I said when I had this conversation with Dan last week, I tell you right now, I was way he was more killing lucid. it. Yeah, yeah he's um, killing it now. He's just so you just got you just you just got to promise. You just got to just got to believe me when I say that I explained all of this way more eloquently. You're doing fine. You're doing Saturday. fine. It's it's just yeah. You're absolutely right, and it's it's so that's what I love about movies like this because you can and I've kind of said this stuff before. It's like you can really look at it through that political landscape, and you can go. You're right. Like I don't. I don't necessarily think this movie could have been made at another time, especially not kind of the seventies or eighties, not in the two thousands post nine eleven. I'm curious. In the seventies, everyone hates. The yeah, president and I'm, the I'm curious about right? the twenty tens. We do have a twenty tens ass kicking president movie uh, that I have seen. Is that the Sam, the Jackson, Sam Jackson one, one big game. Um, but admittedly, don't remember a lot from that movie. I, I think I need to give it a rewatch. I mean, it's it's less so a political thing, and it's more. I think the president crashes around bad guys. So, um, but I, I'd be interested to rewatch that one. But it, it's it's so, yeah, it's it's so of its time. And what I think is really kind of fun about it, funny about it, is that it's it's like a really patriotic movie that's not made. Everyone loves the president by an American director. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, the writers uh, they were like American faces. Oh, I'm right? sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, that does play yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. just it's just funny from a kind of uh, directorial standpoint as well that, that so much that's that true. I mean, in. visually, visually, like it does feel like it 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 leans into patriotic imagery. Of course, visually, yeah, and I, so <laughs> much of the dialogue is, is, is yes. that like that as well. Um, but again, you just have to sort of like go, uh, yeah, this is this is a world where the president and the government mean incredibly well for the rest of the world and not just themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right, so we should go into the plot of Air Force One a little bit, because I've said my piece on the politics and the historical <laughs> context of this. That's my obligatory one. You're better at talking that than me. Um, yeah, so, um, God, the cast here is full of so many guys. Oh, man. Like, just Such fucking a good guys, cast. man. Um, but yeah, so basically, Air Force One, released in 1997, um, and it opens up with an American and Russians, because the Russians are now good because they renounced communism. <laughs> Lol. Uh, so they're teaming up to assassinate, or abduct rather, a genocidal uh, neo-Soviet Kazakhstan general that has nuclear weapons. Just an right? all-round so bad egg. Yeah, and then a, and then a summit um, with the Russian premier, uh James Marshall, who is the U.S. president, played by Harrison Ford, announces a complete shift in U.S. foreign policy. That that now we will no longer just sit idly by and watch people be genocided to death. We're going to go in. We're going to bomb them. We're going to abduct them. We're going to assassinate them. And everyone applauds. They're like, "Yeah, this is this is a good idea." Um, and then we go to um, like the Air Force One itself. So he's on his way to return back to the U.S. Um, and we're introduced to this, what we think is a Russian media team, uh, led by Gary Oldman. He's very friendly. Um, we get a great introduction to Air Force One, the plane. The set here is fantastic. And also, Dan, I don't know if you played Rainbow Six Siege or not. I haven't The plane level in Rainbow Six Six Siege, it feels like 
literally the same as Air Force One, <laughs> even though I'm fairly certain the plane in Rainbow Six Siege is like the royal plane. Yeah, I asked the same thing. Um, but yeah, basically they, they, they go aboard Air Force One and then as they've uh, taken off, um, one of the Secret Service agents, played by Xander Berkeley, who we all know from 24. George Mason. Great guy. Great late 90s, early 2000s guy. Um, he basically assassinates some of, the, of his fellow colleagues and then lets those guys help themselves to the, the ordnance on board Air Force One. And they take the plane and try and take the president hostage. And things go a little bit iffy from there. Because what they didn't bank on was the president being a Medal of Honor winner and a veteran <laughs> and an all-around badass. It's one of my favorite that guy things in, like, when they do the moment in, like, those action <laughs> movies where they're like, holy shit, I like this guy. <laughs> or they, oh, this guy's got this, this, and this. And they're going, they're bigging him up so much for how good a president he is, so, like, the whole movie up to that point. He's, and then um, they're like... They're all like, this is the one uh, thing we didn't want to happen. They're like, <laughs> this, you're forgetting that this president is a is a medal of honor winner and has done this and these missions and spent this tour and all this is so it's so good because it's not enough for him just to be the best president america's ever seen would this movie be better if the president was a total dork and he just figured it out as he go as he went along <laughs> <laughs> what if like... it was joe biden <laughs> the, the scary part is corn pop and he just like sticks an ice cream uh, in the, the scary part is that you know, you know for certain. I, I would put money on this that Donald J. Trump has watched Air Force One and gone, dude. Do you not know, dude? Oh, do, I miss do you not know it's his favorite movie. I thought it's his favorite. He's gone on the, he's gone on record multiple times. And right, Dan, right, oh, shit. Dan. Do you mean, so do me and Trump share the not, same favorite only, Ford movie? Not only did he say that it was his favorite movie. I don't know if you were, you watched the election results that came in in 2016. I was, like, delirious because I'd stayed up all night writing a uni assignment. <laughs> and I, ran, I remember walking into the living room, sticking the TV on, um, and Trump coming on to his little podium to the theme from Air Force One. Jesus, I, was like, is that, I did not know this. Is that, is that the theme from Air Force One? And then him being like, this is the most amazing result. Um, and I was just like, I need to go. I need to go to sleep. So, yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that. I thought you'd you'd know that. It was it's literally his favorite movie. We're gonna sort out how our many new times do you think policy, he watched it? Foreign policy. We've been listening to ex-president James Marshall. But it's so funny because he's the opposite of James Marshall. I was trying to think. Um, I thought the, something it, else was Trump's favorite movie, and I can't. It wasn't it Bloodsport. I thought Bloodsport was Trump's favorite movie. I fucking love that. Trump's Air Force a big Bloodsport. He was going guy, on too. about it all the time oh, damn. in 2016. Shit, maybe I don't like, like Air Force God. One anymore. <laughs> well, no, it's funny. No, it yeah, makes yeah. it that part. Him, him liking that movie makes it even funnier because it is emblematic of a presidency and an era. But okay, that so this he should be politically so opposed for to. Sure. That's what makes it really. But this funny. is almost not like I wasn't even making the point of the politics in this when I was talking about Trump. I think Trump watched that movie and was like. If terrorists took over Air Force One, I'd do the same thing. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying that it's funny that, like, it's basically, like, he, he looks at that and all he sees is, uh, yeah. he's, he's got the Mark Wahlberg on 9-11 syndrome <laughs> going on. He's like, if I was on that plane, it wouldn't have gone wouldn't down, down like that. That's exactly he's it. looking at that like no, that. He does. Yeah. But, because he, he's not, he, all he hears is the nice patriotic music and everyone going, 
And William H. Macy going, Mr. President, sir. And then that's all he hears. Yeah. That's all he hears. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't get anything else from it. <laughs> oh, man, I'd, I'd love it. It's um, it's funny when the guys... I, I can tell I've watched like too many action movies when Gary Oldman and his guys get on the plane. Because if I was like the president's security detail, I'd be like... This is the baddest looking group of bad guys I've ever seen. When we're gonna get some new news crew in, he's such a sicko in this movie, man. Pure sicko behavior, like the sweatiest man in this movie by far. And he's not even as layered as like I don't mean like character wise. I just mean the physical layers <laughs> on his outfit. He's not even as well layered as everyone else in this movie. And he is constantly dripping with sweat and frothing at the yeah. mouth. And he does next to he's... none of the fighting until the end. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for a reason. Yeah. Got his ass kicked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, we were talking about the castle a bit. We brought a couple of guys up. I think this is one of the best, like, um, not only one of the best, like, that guy movies, where you can just point out, oh, he's, it's that guy, to the point where I was even pointing out how the first terrorist that Harrison Ford kills is later in an episode of Friends where he's mad about how Russians are depicted in movies and he's killed by Harrison Ford <laughs> in Air Force One and they bring that up in that episode of Friends. But it's, <laughs> it's got an all-timer situation room. Oh, boy, does it boy does oh, it have one. Man. And the situations in this room, they're off the charts. You've got, I mean, Glenn Close, Dean Stockwell, and Philip Baker Hall, all-timer situation room. And and the guy whose sole job in the situation room is to run <laughs> breathlessly into the situation room with news from the other room. Like, yeah. Madam Vice President! Madam Vice President! Mr. Secretary! Hey, it's about the President! You no, know, I told you five minutes ago that we think the President's dead. I love that dead. guy. He's alive again. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. Uh. The President? He's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> oh, we, we keep losing and then refinding and then losing the President again. I might just stay here and just wait until we definitely know where he is, and then we'll and then we'll come and tell you. Oh man, <laughs> man alive! And it, so on the topic of the president as well, right? It's so funny how his instinct here isn't to like, you know, do the sensible thing and, and escape Air Force One because so many people have died from him. By the way, one of, we're talking about the guys in the cast, the guy, the fucking guys in this cast. Uh, one of the personal protection detail that dies getting him onto the little escape pod. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, he's in Transformers. He's always in Glenn Glenn Morshower. Yes, yes. Also in Twenty Four. Morshower. Yeah, I think he's in Black Hawk Down. I might be yeah, wrong he's though. Been um, every military or spy thing. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But after Glenn Morshower lays his life on the line for President James Marshall, so that. They can protect the commander-in-chief and ensure that he is not in any danger and can't divulge any national secrets or whatever. Uh, he just like, I'm just going to stay on the plane and jeopardize everything. Because his family's on there. It's as simple as that. His family's on there, man. But he's the president. He's the president. Obviously, he's a cool guy. He's got that whole, oh, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not just like any other president. I've got a family, you know? Yeah, but that's, I've got that's why he's the goodest president of all time. Because all he's thinking about is... I gotta save those people. I gotta get them off the plane. <laughs> I gotta get off, get them off my plane. If anyone's I gonna mean, crash this plane, it's is... gonna be me, Harrison Ford. What? Harrison Ford crashing up? Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, no. Harrison Ford, how are you escaping Air Force One? By crashing this plane. <laughs> that's. I hate that. That's not the first time I've heard you make that joke. 
<laughs> well, I said it last you week. You made that joke well. last weekend. <laughs> oh. You made that joke, I think, just before we went to see Air Force One, when we were in your house. Good. Yeah. Solid joke. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I love that scene where they're like, just dragging the president away when everyone's getting shot at. Air Force One can withhold fire power. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know it was that good. It's a well-secured plane, a well-secured I, engine. I really kind of, I do like their plan of like them going, well, how are they going to sneak onto there and have weapons? And they're just like, well, they're just going to sneak on and just steal all the weapons that are already on there. It's going to take take America's own weapons against them. Xander Berkeley's the mole, right? Yes. Am I going daft in... in- saying that at no point do they disclose his motivations for being a double agent. Um, No, you are correct. I don't think that's ever fully revealed. (laughs) I assume money. And at no point are they like, oh yeah, it's our boy on the inside, because obviously it makes sense to not disclose that information. (laughs) Um, But then at the end, he's like, I don't want to die. I'm going to serve the next president and I'll kill him too. Like, I don't know. I... like I do, I'm going to cut to the ending a little bit. I always think about the. It's, I'm poking holes in a movie I adore, but the end of the movie when they're shifting everyone onto the rescue plane and they're using that big sort of like zip line. I'm going to call cable. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great yeah, scene, by the way. Very funny to me to watch that. I, I, all I could think of was for anyone who's seen the new season of I Think You Should Leave. There's a very funny zipline related sketch, and it was all I could think of when I was watching it in this bit. Um, but it, it's like he, everyone gets off. Xander Berkeley kills William H Macy, who is great in this, and then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, "I'm going to take this too." What was he going to say? when the president didn't get on the plane and he did like was he going to accuse william h macy of killing the president and then like he killed him what, what was his plan there <laughs> i just love william h macy's reaction as well because it's so yeah <laughs> i hate to hit i hate i'm not hating on the movie Dan. no neither it's am i a very bad line it was... but he's like wait it was you yeah. <laughs> it is it is one step off at like you were best man at my wedding yeah I mean, I just love how much everyone loves the president in this. Like, do, everyone... It's just... It, it it harkens back to an era. I mean, to be fair, I don't even think during that time people were like that for the president, but it just harkens back to an era of, like, just this idealistic version of, like, ah, oh, we all love the president and we're all going to put our lives on the line for the president. And the... <laughs> There's that great bit where there's the aerial dogfight sequence and the MiGs launch a <laughs> missile at Air Force One and you get one of the Air Force pilots who like basically throws himself in front of the missile and I'm like, wow, that's devotion. It's it's one of few <laughs> that movies... That would never happen now. <laughs> it's one of few movies where even the president of like Russia is like, he loves the American president. Oh yeah, because now, cause now, uh, now Gorbachev's like advertising Pizza Hut. They're, they're not, <laughs> not evil. No. I... I love that about it though because I just I'm I'm so Rocky solved this eight years ago. <laughs> Rocky brought an end to the Air Force One is in the Rocky Four timeline. This is where it helps for me to be like dumb politics guy who doesn't know much about politics because all I just I I just switch my brain off without even trying just to like this guy's the <laughs> best guy in the world. I love the scene where he does find. I mean, 
we're not really going to go beat for beat plot on this, are we? Because it, it's kind of not really that interesting to go through beat for beat because you're watching it's it for the an, it's action. Not an intri- it's not, it's, it's not no, an intricate it's not plot line. We'll talk, we'll talk about some memorable scenes but when, and stuff, but yeah, it's not intricate. When, obviously, people are disappointed in a way that the president has not escaped in his escape pod and he's he's still on the plane and they're worried about him. But he kind of finally gets out the kind of cargo hold and he gets in the room where all the hostages are and all the hostages are like, fuck yeah, the president's here. <laughs> in real life, they'd be like, Jesus yeah. fucking He's Christ, still on the what plane? are you doing here? <laughs> and they're like, fucking yes! Glenn, Glenn, Glenn died. Glenn took a bullet for you. Glenn, yeah. Glenn died. And they're like one step off him going round the table and just giving a high five to every single member of his staff. <laughs> Go team! <laughs> USA! USA! <laughs> I love that scene though, because I, I love how they they really show that um how much he is like he has respect for all his staff as well in the way that he like that he they're trying to figure out a message to send to to the situation room and that lady's like we could fax it there and he's like uh, if if you're right on this I'm gonna make you postmaster general. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that woman. And she's so she's so like proud of herself and then the president like gives her a little, little kiss on the cheek. She also gets the most hilarious shot in the movie where they're parachuting out the plane and like there's that she's just smiling she's just beaming. She's like <laughs> where I've they seen so many colleagues sea. die. Yeah. I've just seen like five people get sucked out yeah. of the jet. Um I'm great. Yeah, holy shit! Things to be fair, to the to the movie's credit, right? They really do a great job of establishing the president's relationship with his staff, yeah. with his family. Um, like honestly, like my favorite bits of the movie probably aren't any of the action sequences. It's probably the the minutes when they get on Air Force One, and before the terrorists make their move. Yeah, I, yeah, it's great. I I love that whole like it, it does a great job of showing how busy he is and like how he's trying to balance his family time but he's doing it and well stress and stuff and like and he's all that, that really funny joke where he doesn't want to know the score of the game and he ends up getting it ruined for him at the last but minute he's cool like, about it that stuff that stuff is really yeah. fun it's, i really like it that kind of, it's probably a testament to why the west wing was so successful <laughs> i was just listening to our fugitive episode because i like the sound of my own voice and we were talking mm. about the fact that an underrated kind of genre for want of a better word of movie is guys just being really good at what they do and this is a great Mm. version of that because it's just harrison ford being Mm. a good president a good soldier slash ass kicker just an all-round good guy like even to the point where in a lot of movies like this they could have that sort of subplot of his daughter's kind of lost her respect for him almost because he's ignoring her i think you're lame because you're the president dad yeah you, you're yeah, a like marijuana and you like when i send the troops everywhere yeah. i fucking hate you you missed my violin recital because you were too busy signing foreign policy agreements <laughs> but yeah. in this i just the like it's like you, you might be the president of the country but you're also going to be the president of this household <laughs> you might be the commander-in-chief but there was a plate of meatloaf going cold all night last night <laughs> But they're like, no, fuck it. He's a great dad too. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a, he's just the best. And I love it. Like this man hasn't. This man has no flaws. I mean, th- there are objective flaws. Like, why the fuck are you staying on the plane? You stupid idiot. Because he's a fucking but, hero, Ewan. That's why. 
but, but the way in the movie's own twisted logic is like he's staying on that yeah. plane because he cares so much about everyone and you can't sell this he was a he was a helicopter rescue pilot in vietnam it's almost the ultimate escapism <laughs> movie because for a lot of people myself included movies are, are, are the way you escape from the shit that's going on in the world and the shit that's going on in your own lives right now and this is just an action movie that just goes what if we just spend two hours in a world where you get to watch ass kicking and nothing is wrong with politics <laughs> <laughs> Come i'm not sure i quite world. agree i don't know but but i do i do appreciate it like it does feel like um it does feel like a McBain movie. Like it feels like <laughs> something The Simpsons would have constructed. Like, I don't know. But again, I, I love it for that. I love it for being this piece of ugly, like, ridiculousness that is so earnestly and endearingly naive. Like, I love it for that. Like, they the, the, the have the whole that, um, plot line with Glenn Close um, as the vice president. <laughs> right, actually, continuing our streak of talking about Simpsons jokes, right? There is a line, there is a, there's a bit in this, right, where they mirror a bit from uh, Marge versus, versus the monorail, right, where the vice president, and I think it's the secretary of defense, or is it the secretary, secretary of state? I can't remember. The two main, the two main people in the cabinet. Um, who's the one that Glenn Close keeps... Uh, keeps uh, clashing with um, Dean Stockwell. Oh, what's the name? No. Uh yes, yeah. Dean Stockwell. Right. No, yes, 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 yeah, defense secretary yeah. Walter Dean. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um they have that bit where it's basically the same bit where Wiggum and uh the mayor have to cons- go to consult the town <laughs> charter to see who's in charge. It's like <laughs> I've got pictures of you Quimby. Ah, uh, you don't scare me. <laughs> Wickham's just there like hey it says here I get 15 comely lasses of virtue true <laughs> and like that bit just made me think when they in Air Force One where they go in they get um it's uh Philip Baker Hall comes in to give them the legal give, give them give them the legal lowdown on everything um <laughs> it's just so funny I love that but basically to go back to my point on why it's so funny it's like there's a bit that emerges in this movie where everyone's like, we can override the president's authority here and, and basically safeguard the nation's security by making sure that the president isn't commander-in-chief at this current moment in time so he doesn't have the, the way of like influencing any kind of decisions or whatever. Um, and she's like, no, the president is a good man and he's going to fight through this and I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold out over <laughs> like, He's going to kill the terrorists personally. She, they, just, they just love the president so much. You know when you just love the president. The thing is, it, so much. We, we've talked a lot about that, and that's almost not even the reason I love this movie. Like, I genuinely just think it's a really good, tense action movie as well, whether it's about the president or not. We should talk about how it is very well constructed. Like the premise aside, and like the story, which again, like I don't dislike. I just find it funny. Um, Wolfgang Peterson really does reiterate his credentials here. Like for what it is, he totally elevates it. Um, it is gripping, it is well shot, um, it is, like, well constructed, and he gets a lot, I mean, obviously, you know, Gary Oldman, one of the finest actors of the last, like, 30 years, um, like, Oldman is fantastic in this, and Ford does his typical 90s era Ford, you know, sensitive, vulnerable masculinity, you know, he'll punch you in the face, but he's still gonna be vulnerable about it, he might have a little cry, like, that's, like, that kind of this era of Ford. Um, everyone is on fire. They're great. The cast, everything. Like it's, it's the the level of talent attached to this movie 
is yeah, absurd. I but it's then, I think from an action standpoint, it really works well. It's like, Ford spends a lot of the movie in the kind of cargo hold of the plane, but they always have these good ways of him kind of avoiding the terrorists and fighting them without making noise and, and sneaking around. And I, I'd, I'd love, like, the thing I've noticed more than ever when we were sat in the, in the Tyneside watching it was the third act once he kind of kills Gary Oldman. Because the thing you kind of forget about sometimes with, with this movie is that he kills Gary Oldman and there's a good half an hour of movie left that could very yeah. easily get stale. And personally, I don't think it does. I think the last 30 minutes is... So, but all the stuff where Harrison Ford is having to... President Harrison Ford is having to control the plane um, is great. Because you have... like My favourite action sequence in the movie is the stuff with the, the jet fighters. Yeah. like That is like super well done. The effects for that hold up really, they, it really well. does not well. hold up terribly at all. And I love the little back and forth they have with the... Uh, Air Force pilots and yeah, it's just really good. And like, I, I take the piss a little bit where the, the jet throws itself in front of the missile. It's really, it's good. It's fun cinema. The only shot you know, that you would sort of go, oh, that's like a kind of funny shot, but still kind of works for me, is when everyone gets off the plane and then it has just Xander Berkeley at the door of the plane and it like zooms right out. And he's going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. It's the only one where you go, oh, okay, that doesn't age super well, but for the time for 1997, they did a, they did a decent job, I think. But the, the whole, like, he has a really good fight with Gary Oldman that, like, his wife is a part of as well. Um, and the, there's a whole kind of, like, half an hour after that where he's trying to land the plane, realizing they basically can't land the plane and trying to find a way off. And I was still sat there, like, really tense, almost, like, in my head going, how are, how are they going to do this? How are they going to get off this plane? I've seen this movie, like, eight times. <laughs> I know exactly how it happens. Well, that's a sign of a good movie that you still feel those feelings of tension and yes. almost anxiety and, and excitement from a movie you've seen repeatedly. My other question here would be, um, from this, because I think of Air Force One as a 9pm film for oh, absolutely. ITV yeah, movie yeah. With, 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 with ad breaks and stuff, seen on a small screen. Um, how was it for you? watching it on the big screen did you take away anything else did you come away with a new appreciation for its visuals or you know its mechanics or the visuals in a way because i think they look all right on the big screen the um the score really hit me this time i've really grown over the past couple years to appreciate 90s action movie scores especially because i think that's when they were almost at their prime the jerry Bruckheimer stuff i mean obviously he wasn't a composer but the scores for all of jerry Bruckheimer's produced stuff in the 90s yeah and it it, this is so great that even when like even when sometimes you watch these movies like this or the fugitive you kind of the 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 themes don't necessarily come to mind but as soon as you hear it in the movie you just go oh fuck yeah i'd love this and it, that's why that's what it was like watching the Donald Trump uh, victory speech <laughs> exactly. and the yeah, Air Force yeah. One theme cable and yeah. I was like no 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 I, it was I can't remember if we talked about this in real life or on the podcast but I it was funny when I re- recently watched the movie uh, Tiger Cage 2 for the first time and I texted you and I was like I was like you and they've just got the, they, yeah I was like they've just got the Tango and Cash theme and changed it a little bit and so much of it is just flat out from Tango and Cash and that's one of the prime ones, which I don't even try to mention this on the Tango and Cash episode. Whenever I watch Tango and Cash, I go, this is one of the best movie themes of all time. Oh, mate, it's not left no, my brain since neither. we recorded that. 
it's when, not it's not left out when we watched that movie and we recorded that episode that tango and cash theme stayed in my head for no joke a week zan started humming it because <laughs> i was humming it around the house i will so i will often. be thinking of it tonight all night because we just had this discussion. yeah now it's gonna be in my head again yeah. i might just rewatch tango and cash <laughs> oh tango and cash uh, yeah, this was the same where the, the, I think the biggest thing I noticed more than ever was the score and how much I, I do like the score for it. Um, and all the action is great. Smith, the, isn't it? The, the, the finale hit more than I think it's ever done this time. We, we I was a little worried at the beginning, as I think you were, because we thought we were going to have a bit of a talky audience situation, didn't we? Mm. Um, so yeah. we'd gone to see... <laughs> Uh, we'd gone to see Spider-Verse. You and I saw, saw across the Spider-Verse with some friends the night before. Um, and we had uh, a pretty bad cinema experience. Um, it was packed. It was busy. Um, it was Friday night. It was, what, like 8.30, somewhere around there. Um, I had... Uh, you and Void did, dodged a fucking bullet. Um, so so Ewan sits down, and then I go to sit down. And Ewan and I swap seats, so Ewan can sit next to Zan. Uh, of course who wouldn't want to sit next to their to their partner um i then sit in what was originally ewan's seat and proceed to spend the entire movie getting my seat kicked by some kid behind me and i'm someone who does not enjoy confrontation unless it's funny movie related confrontation uh, like you and i occasionally have on this podcast so i just kind of have to psych myself up to take tell grown adults to shut up so i could not psych myself up to stop this kid um so i just let my seat get kicked <laughs> the whole terrorized. movie and let a couple of kids talk behind us they were like three years old so they didn't know any better but um to me that's like hey don't take your kids to the cinema if they can't settle down or if they're not gonna settle down take them out of the cinema but then mm-hmm. um, I had one of the more interesting things I'd seen that I told you about in the cinema that really made me laugh. The dude, the dude, the, to be fair, right? <laughs> I as, love this guy. As, I'm so happy you did this. As as a drummer, right, I do just randomly air drum. You're a, I'm just you're a like, drummer? occasionally I'll just, I'll just, I yeah, know I've been I've playing the drums since I was like 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like, I, I, and to be fair, that bit of Across the Spider-Verse, that music is fucking oh, brilliant. I, yeah. So I've, I wanted to do this. I wanted that man did killed it. What me and Howard could told not. you. I rewatched Spider Verse this afternoon, and the score stood out to me so much. Just got yeah. kicks ass in that movie. But it was just so funny that this guy was like a bit older than me. He went to the cinema on his own. Um, shout out to people who go cinema oh, on their own because I'm one of those people. And I, I did that the other day. You should all do it more. No one gives a fuck that you're there on your own. And I. Um, looked over every so often because he had like a funny laugh that i really enjoyed as he was enjoying the jokes in the movie he had a really funny little laugh but he was kind of nodding his head like head not head banging but kind of one step behind it whenever the music was kicking in and when i turned around at the end of that movie and he was just full-on air drumming i was just going this man is having a fantastic time he wasn't being noisy so he wasn't distracting me i chose to look at him so he was he (laughs) yeah shout out to that guy vince mcmahon gift yeah. moment. i wish i had that confidence <laughs> if i go to the cinema on my own i still like sit near the back when no one can really see me even though i'm like no one gives a shit that you're here on your own and he's like he's f- second from front row because that's where we were sat second from front row full-on playing the air drums and i love him for it yeah shout out to that guy <laughs> i don't know why brother because you were, you were going to talk about the noise so we had um when we went into the Tyneside cinema it was how many people were in there about 10 maybe yes it take. was more packed than witness unfortunately it, yeah that everyone is uncultured no they all love fun um 
they uh that sounded like i was ragging against witness witness is great um but there were two guys at the front who were very much talking during the opening credits and we were both like oh shit is that gonna carry on um and to be fair to them they stopped when the when the movie started it's still annoying man when when you see the 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 statue of liberty columbia pictures lady you shut the fuck oh, up for sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm i'm quiet as soon as the trailers start playing yes <laughs> i mean i don't care much about that i enjoy yeah, the trailer I, I'm a trailer I'm guy. I just like leaning yeah, over every so often being like, have you seen this one yet? But it's not it's not the same now that they stopped doing trailer narrations. You know, In a world. Like, we got we got we got the Expendables 4 trailer the other day. Don't tell me that shit wouldn't have gone so much harder whether it was oh. like Jason Statham, Statham Stallone, Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, Megan Fox, the Expendables. Expendables. That movie looks like <laughs> fun. I'm I'm in. It does. I'm in on that. I mean on a slight tangent. Even though I like all three Expendables movies, um, this one actually needs to be like a really well-directed piece of cinema because it's now this is the weakest cast they've had so it's, far. I would I wouldn't say it's the weakest cast necessarily because I think that downplays the fact that this movie features both Tony Jaa and Eco Oase. Oh no no no, they're great. It's the, but we but we, we don't have we don't have Antonio Banderas. It's the least recognizable. Wesley Snipes. We don't have Arnie. We don't have like. There are just some, there are some big action legends the, the, that are missing here. The fact here. is, the Expendables, because I know people kind of rally a little bit against movies that are just there for you to like point at the screen and clap, um, which a lot of like superhero movies are very guilty of now. But when the Expendables was made, it was that, but for eighties action movie stars. That's what that movie was. And I've always a great had a funny relationship with the Expendables because I think the Expendables should be the greatest action franchise to have ever existed, and at its best, it's pretty good and i'm talking expendables 2 when i say that oh expendables 2 has the best uh, that expendables 2 is my favorite movie one liner in history which one is it uh it's when jason statham is disguised as a priest <laughs> say no more. <laughs> right now let me i need, I need to describe no, please this do everyone, say right? more this i just know like, what you're on about this is this is the best this is the writing peak i love this, this line so he is uh lee christmas is disguised as a priest and the whole thing about lee christmas is that he's a knife guy you've heard of wife guys He's a knife guy, and he's he's dressed in a priest outfit, and he's like swinging the 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 thing around, and he's like speaking gibberish Latin in Jason Statham's voice. So he's like like that. And then the mercenaries that are pursuing the Expendables are like, "Hey, priest, where are the guys at?" And then he just randomly just keeps going, and he goes, "I now pronounce you man and knife," <laughs> and then just stabs them all. <laughs> it's and that is cinema peak also i mean let's not make this the expendables episode um but we will be doing that we will be doing expendables movies this year we talk a lot about our appreciation for fun action movie names lee christmas is fucking high on that list oh lee christmas is incredible like i like how sylvester sloan was like oh i guess i'll be i guess i'll be barney ross Ross. you know and then when we've got is it gunner for yeah uh, gunner yeah yeah. gunner's a great name but lee christmas Christmas is a peak action movie name yeah um but it, it, yeah i'm excited for that anyway i don't know how we want to expendables but uh, i think i think because we were talking like about trailers fun. and we were talking about trailer narration and i mentioned expendables i gotta watch the uh, air force one trailer i'm gonna watch that after this uh, you know what yeah <laughs> do it that that's yeah i want to see how that good. trailer is that's gotta be like uh like get off my plane is in ford. That ford is the president <laughs> 
the president is in Russia. In a world where the president is the most honorable man who has ever lived. But there's something suspicious about these press guys. <laughs> Gary Oldman. William H. Macy. Oh, uh, this is 50, Glenn 50 Close, names. Guy on plane. I, I love that by the night. I love that Glenn Close is in this movie because... Nowadays, I feel like a lot of actors like that are just going for the like more Oscars-y roles. Glenn Close is great, but she's kind of very much that to me at the minute. And I love that she just plays the vice president in this action movie from the 90s. That's the, uh, the, OG, the OG Helen Mirren in uh, Fast yes. and Furious yeah, yeah, yeah. casting. Yeah. <laughs> or, or R.E.D. because she's in that as well. Is that what you call that? Yeah, R.E.D. Retired Extremely Dangerous. Is it not just red? It's an acronym. You can call it red if you want, but I'm being a, I'm being faithful to the law, Dan Greamer. The law of R.E.D. I like that movie. Yeah, fun movie. <laughs> Where are we talking about? Know. We've really got onto other action movies here. Um, let's go back. Yeah, I... Good experience at the Tyneside Cinema. Great movie. Appreciate it more than ever. It is, a, it is the... It's funny because when we did Face Off, I said we hadn't done a movie that I consider a five-star movie yet, and now we've done three of them in a row. This is a, this is a five-star Dan Greenman movie. Nobody throws a punch like Harrison Ford. There's a couple of cracking Ford punches in this one. All-timer yeah. ending action movie line. Delivery. Line and line delivery. Get off my plane. Yes. I mean, that, I, I thought because you said end of movie line, it would be a different... <clears throat> oh, no. It's always, I mean, always going to be get off my plane. I love the shot of uh, Gary Oldman's dead body just parachuting off the plane as well great bit of dead body acting from oldman there you know there's some good there's some good delicious irony there because he says that he fought in afghanistan and he could have been a paratrooper i don't know so now he's paratrooping into a war zone but he's (laughs) fucking dead he's fucking you imagine just being the guy who found him yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's fucking gary oldman here I love the the, the oh. two parachute shots in this movie are incredible because they're so it's juxtaposed so to each other because you've got dead Gary Oldman with his eye I think his eyes are open as he's like flying out the ship. Yeah. And then you've got before that all the president's staff parachuting out of the plane that genuinely just look like they've been like invited out to a free like White House experience <laughs> day. It's so happy. Hey, hey, you guys have worked so hard this week. Do you go on and go skydiving with the president? <laughs> <laughs> they all look so happy. <laughs> I love They're it. Chuffed, man. I love it. They're absolutely chuffed a bit. Five stars, no notes. Um, you can have that. You can have those five stars. Dan. Yeah, this is my broken arrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, broken arrow isn't a five star movie. No, it's me, not. But... but less so in terms of stars, and more so in terms of I will talk about it more than anyone you've met ever. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, I it's 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 very much a competently nice, fun movie that I find very endearing yeah. it is it is the as dan said earlier on it is the exemplification of like 90s dad movie vibes you got harrison ford in that 90s era and still in his like this is him coming off his like 90s resurgence well not even, he never went away so it's not a resurgence but his 90s kind of you know hot streak hot streaks are good word um and yeah no it's a fun time if you want to go back and experience some incredible 90s vibes <laughs> air force one gets the hard recommendation from both yeah, of us but yeah, i think i think that about covers everything um unless you have anything else no i go watch air force one i love it i was gonna i forgot to bring up the whole prison being the most hilariously dramatic prison ever like that 
that prison yeah. definitely houses the Joker. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah. It it's, I think somewhere around yeah, people yeah. are running around it, fighting each other, like when you went to the Gulag in like, Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Kazakhstan Joker is probably in that <laughs> prison. But yeah, this has been the Wheel of Dan Movies podcast. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us for this. Again, it was a pleasure having you come up to Newcastle and to experience the goodness of the Tyneside yep. Cinema. Good food, good um, There is, for anyone listening, uh, the Tyneside Cinema is fundraising currently. They're about to hit 30% of their fundraising target. I think they're looking to raise £150,000 to avoid closure. Um, so if you enjoyed this little Air Force One chat, um, and you know, then please do consider maybe chucking them a few quid because they're a sacred institution. Um, for those who don't know, it's uh, it's got history with the Scott family, like Tony and um, Ridley Scott's, uh, I think it's their great uncle, founded the cinema in like the 1930s or 20s, I can't remember which decade, but, you know, there's a lot of history there. It's been a part of the Northeast for decades now. It would truly be an immense loss if it went away. So I'll put another link uh, down in the description for you to go and donate if you yeah. um, if you feel compelled And to. I'll add to that and just say, yeah, this was my first time there. It's not a place I can go regularly because it's three hours away from where I live. And it was a really good experience to go there. They obviously care. They seem to be showing a great selection of movies. If I lived in newcastle or in that area i would be there weekly um and also they have one of those fun little old-timey like sweet stalls where they sell popcorn and i had a nice a nice bucket of popcorn i'm not usually a big popcorn guy yeah and there's a nice little bar cafe they do lots of nice drinks and lots of nice food you should just go check it out Good little place um but yeah this has been the Wheel of Damages podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, before we go, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. Remember, if you want to go and support the podcast on Patreon, you can do so. We are Wheel of Dad Movies there. You can also follow the Wheel of Dad Movies Twitter account. We are at Wheel of Dad Movies there. And you can also follow me at ewan ruins things dan thank you so much for joining us again uh where can everyone find uh, you twitter at dan greamer 92 g-r-i-m-a i'm also on instagram i think of that name but i don't really use instagram very much but i never mention that one and uh dan greamer on must be bugging your Newcastle yeah ice i just creams. took a picture of an ice cream yeah um and dan greamer on letterbox where you can see all my good movie tape yeah cool right so this has been air force one um coming up we've got a couple more i think we've got one more harrison ford thing in in the locker because i think me and zan are gonna do indiana jones and the last cruise oh hell yeah um before uh dollar destiny comes out but we've also got other things in, in the works i'm currently getting the summer vibes season all scheduled out um got some new guests coming on lots of fun things some of my favorite movies that typify the summer theme that we're going to talk about really excited about but yeah um thank you all for listening everyone And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.